Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with psychiatric nurse practitioner and owner of the Sinclair Method, Brian Noonan. He is the founder of the nation's largest provider of the Sinclair Method, a treatment for alcohol addiction that uses the medication naltrexone to gradually reduce the cravings for alcohol. He continues to help hundreds of patients to regain control over their alcohol intake without having to abstain, go to AA meetings, or enter a rehab center. We get into this and so much more enjoy this interview well hey thank you for again for taking a minute out i appreciate it oh yeah yeah that's uh, i mean i'm happy to for sure so you know the one thing that i want to start off with you know you are you, you know you're you have the sinclair method and you're, you're obviously helping people out so talk to me a little bit about how you personally survived and got through the pandemic and how it changed you now that we're coming out of it well, you know, fortunately for me, uh, as, as far as, uh, at least as far as work uh, goes, uh, I had been working from home uh, uh, prior to the pandemic. Uh, you know, uh, I've been providing uh, telehealth services, uh, psychiatric services uh, by video uh, probably since 2017 or so. So at least uh, on that front, uh, it wasn't uh, a big adjustment uh, to make. Uh, kind of uh, as far as uh, work uh, w was uh, as concerned, uh, unlike many people who were, it was kind of a brand new thing and they were going, you know, have to, to furnish offices and, and really change their whole uh, life uh, around. Uh, so, so in that aspect, uh, it uh, was, uh, uh, I guess, uh, an easier uh, uh, transition uh, practically. Uh, and uh, and also so there were some other elements that became popular uh, uh, out of necessity during the pandemic that I had been using already, such as uh, uh, grocery delivery and and things like that. Uh, just because I had been such a uh, one of the things I work uh, or try to help people with is, is time management. And some of these uh, some of these services that became popular during a pandemic uh, were, were actually kind of good things uh, to do in general in terms of uh, essentially kind of uh, outsourcing uh, some of these uh, tasks. Uh, but in terms of, uh, so, so some of those things were kind of, uh, uh, kind of, uh, I, I guess I had been doing a lot of those, uh, some of those practical things, but in terms of the uh, sort of the social aspects, uh, in terms of uh, going to restaurants, in terms of uh, entertainment, movies, I'm a big movie fan, those types of things, uh, those were the most challenging kind of things for me, just kind of a sense of, uh, uh, almost a boredom, uh, uh, there was some sort of angst or some sort of anxiety of that uh, that I, I felt uh, heightened uh, during that time, for sure. So let me let me get an idea exactly what you do. If, if you're, you're transported in front of a group of grade school kids and one of them looks up at you, you're at a career day, and they ask you, what do you do for a living as a third grader? How would you answer that child? I, I would say that uh, if you think about people who, uh, uh, if you think uh, about uh, what a doctor or a nurse or uh, uh, someone uh, like that does, uh, people who are in need of uh, uh, health care, uh, whether it be uh, something like a cold or whether it be something like a, uh, uh, a feeling sad or uh, feeling uh, 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 you know, upset, uh, about uh, a loss or something like that. And so I help people uh, overcome uh, uh, challenges uh, 
as far as their uh, uh, mental health uh, uh, is concerned uh, in terms of, uh, you know, our, our uh, those types of things. So talk to me a little bit about how you have this uh, dream of yours of being in medicine came about. Did you always want to be one since you were a kid? No. In fact, uh, originally uh, my interest was in, uh, in, it was in psychology, I guess, which is sort of similar uh, to, what, to what I'm doing now, but not quite uh, as interested in treatment as such, but more uh, about uh, human behavior, human motivation, uh, those types of things. And then actually, I think uh, uh, back uh, in my undergraduate years, uh, I really was influenced by Silence of the Lambs, for example, for uh, you know being like an FBI analyst of, 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 of criminal behavior, for example. That was one interest I had. Uh, so I was really, it was more kind of broad, uh, I would say, just kind of, you know, what makes people tick uh, uh, w one way or the other. And just through uh, a series of kind of exposures to uh, uh, addiction, uh, exposures to uh, other kind of mental health uh, 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 environments that, that jobs I had, uh, then that kind of steered me towards a clinical, more clinical aspect uh, versus, uh, you know, some type of research working with mice or, or something like that. So talk to me about the Sinclair Method. Talk to me about helping people get away from alcohol, living healthier lives. How did that develop? Well, it actually, uh, I've worked in addiction for about 20 years, and uh, this medication that is at the heart of the Sinclair Method, uh, it actually uh, was FDA approved in 1994. Uh, but what's interesting about it is that, uh, or what makes the Sinclair Method distinctive is that uh, the way that it was FDA approved was simply to give uh, the medicine, naltrexone, uh, you give it to a person and you kind of do the usual things uh, that encourage them to maintain uh, their abstinence, you know, for as long as they can. Uh, but what we later learned is that the medication works by essentially b blocking the buzz that occurs when you drink. Uh, and so, uh, so essentially drinking was kind of a, a key component of, of, well, of, of how you would reduce your alcohol use. Uh, so, so the person uh, who is concerned about their drinking, uh, you take the medication at least an hour or so before your first drink. Uh, you take the medication, it blocks the buzz. And uh, it's not necessarily that particular episode of drinking, but uh, it's, a, it's an accumulation over time of the medication blocking the buzz, uh, essentially the reward uh, that you would uh, otherwise receive. And uh, without that reward, uh, what you see is just a gradual uh, reduction of uh, use. Uh, so a person's drinking less, but you also see a gradual reduction in terms of uh, of thoughts, you know, related to alcohol use, you get uh, essentially the whole issue of alcohol, one way or the other, uh, moves into the background uh, gradually over time. So uh, what we see is about a 25% reduction uh, per month. You know, something in the ballpark, plus or minus, but you do see about a 25% reduction in overall use uh, that accumulates, and uh, usually by uh, six months or so, people are uh, completely in control of their drinking. And for a lot of people, that means abstinence, which is great. You know, they never want to drink again. And some people just want to drink once or twice uh, uh, a week or a month or socially, uh, which they're able to do as long as they take their medicine, uh, you know, at least one hour before they drink. Uh, so it's really a, a remarkable uh, remarkable thing that we've, you know, we've been doing it for about four years probably. Yeah, sounds like it. So... Talk to me a little bit about who role models have been for you. Who's inspired you to do the work that you do? 
Well, I think uh, as, as far as specifically uh, uh, in medicine, I, I did have uh, I have uh, family members who are uh, who work in the uh, healthcare field, either as nurses or some of them uh, work uh, as administrators. Uh, I would I would also kind of credit maybe uh, uh, if you can uh, uh, credit uh, the Buddha. Uh, I, I think uh, mindfulness and meditative practices uh, inform uh, my work uh, quite a bit, uh, and I've. I uh, lived in a Zen monastery uh, back, uh, yeah, I guess it's about 10 years ago now, but uh, so in terms of uh, kind of this idea of uh, extending compassion, uh, you know, as, as widely as you can, uh, I think my background uh, in Buddhism is, is important in that regard. Uh, and then um, uh, I, I would say those would be probably the two biggest influences, although specifically addiction, uh, my family, both my parents, for example, uh, have had issues uh, with alcohol. Uh, especially my father's side. Uh, so it was kind of uh, addiction or uh, something uh, related to alcohol, problematic alcohol use in one form or another has sort of been kind of on my radar uh, as, since you know I was born, essentially. Uh, you know, it's been, I've been aware of, of, of kind of the things that can go wrong uh, with alcohol. So have you seen an uptick in business now that, you know, the pandemic's, kind of we're, we're hitting a different phase where we're coming out of it? Are you getting more clients, more people looking for help? You know, it's hard to say because, uh, for, for one, the demand is so kind of high in the first place, or at least the, the need is so high in the first place. You know, it's like people are really uh, – alcohol, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, press, uh, of course, for the opioid epidemic. But if you, if you look at the numbers in terms of societal costs, in terms of mortality, in terms of you know, the accumulation of all these, uh, uh, kind of negative consequences of alcohol use, it's really uh, neck and neck uh, with the opioid crisis. I mean, it really is a widespread problem. And, and then during the epidemic, or during the, during the pandemic, uh, uh, it was so much easier for it to drink. And that's one thing that we noticed. It was just kind of, well, let's say maybe someone drank when they got home from work after an hour commute or whatever it was. You know, so it was, it was like even that would shave off an hour before they started drinking. Or... Uh, uh, you know, you could even drink during meetings or you could drink while you're, you, you could essentially, if you're working from home, it was much easier for just the people to kind of uh, just uh, kind of cut corners, so to speak, uh, that they ha they were normally regulating their behavior in some particular way. But it came much easier. Uh, so that really snuck up on a lot of people. You know, all of a sudden, you know, people are, I'm drinking every day. I, I'm drinking two drinks every day. Now I'm drinking, you know, and it was something that, and of course it was a very stressful socially isolating a lot of the kind of the uh, environmental contexts that increase the drinking those, those were kind of a, a necessary kind of byproduct of the, uh, of the uh, lockdowns uh, so uh, yeah so you, so you definitely have people who either uh, their drinking problem worsened or essentially a new problem was created uh, over the past couple of years so yeah so definitely people are uh, but I think there's some more awareness too I am seeing more articles just kind of my news feed just there was something in CNN the other day that came in so you're seeing kind of maybe a recognition that uh, you know even though it's kind of socially accepted to drink there really are some some consequences and at, at scale uh, for, for this so talk to me a little bit about a success story that you've been a part of because of what you've done whether it's with your you know, with whatever help you've given somebody, what's been the best fan letter you've gotten? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the, the main ones that make an impression on me are the people that have tried uh, uh, everything else. Uh, you know, a lot of times, one of the initial reactions you, you get, kind of a, the, the typical uh, in this category is just, 
uh, almost anger sometimes because people have spent so much money uh, on, say, inpatient treatment, for example. You know, it's been $10,000, and uh, within a week or something like that, they've uh, relapsed. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it's kind of they're back to, to square one or, 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 or something to that effect. So, you know, a typical kind of uh, success story is that, uh, uh, you know, they've, they've tried the various approaches, uh, and, uh, and then they try naltrexone uh, within the, the kind of the, the protocol of the, the Sinclair method. And really what's fascinating and really what, what struck me uh, about it uh, in terms of kind of what people say about it versus uh, an abstinence-based program is that it really takes away the interest uh, in drinking altogether. Uh, you know, it's not that... Uh, the person has to develop coping skills or some sort of uh, kind of strategy to fight a daily battle against uh, their brain's pursuit of these uh, uh, endorphins that the alcohol releases. Uh, it really just kind of takes it uh, away so that uh, essentially, uh, you know, they're, they're not living uh, with a, uh, the problem of alcohol, but essentially, they're also not living with a solution uh, to their, their problem either. It just becomes kind of a non-issue over time. So they're not uh, uh, devoting uh, mental energy. So people are uh, uh, often in, in tears because it really is this gigantic monkey off their back. Uh, uh, even, even the management, even if they're uh, you know, absent in some sense, there's, there's just this weight and burden uh, that they're carrying around because their brain, even though they're not drinking, uh, is still uh, in pursuit and in still, some ways still preoccupied uh, with, with, with the drinking. So a success story would be um, a daily drinker of, uh, you know, uh, 12 shots or something or two bottles of wine. You know, we see, we see some, something like this, daily drinkers. And then uh, they come back in a, you know, a few weeks for their follow-up. And, of course, they're still drinking heavily. Uh, but maybe it's 10, 10 shots per day instead of 12 after a couple of weeks. Uh, and then they noticed that it wasn't the first thing they did when they got home. Uh, so they see evidence that the grip is loosening. And then, you know, as I mentioned, a few months later, it's six shots a day and, and, and so forth. So they work their way down. And, and, and the kind of the word that you hear a lot is just, you know, free, freedom, liberation, something like that, where people uh, sort of like kind of these chains of the addiction uh, have uh, finally been broken. So that, so that, that would be very that would be typical. Yeah. So let's get to the man behind the medicine. You know, everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your clients, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Well, you know, I think uh, uh, I'm a, a person who uh, is uh, sort of, uh, when I think of myself, I think of someone who's really trying to, uh, in a constant state of, of uh, kind of self-improvement in some way, or at least trying to to refine myself uh, uh, in some particular way, which which is not uh, very easy. You know, it's really uh, kind of a ongoing reflection of, you know, was I insensitive, or did I say the wrong thing, or, or uh, you know, how can how can I uh, you know improve uh, my myself in a particular way? Even like uh, you know, play guitar, for example. You know, I. I you know, what can I do to, to, to practice more or to inspire myself more? So, so there really is uh, uh, something to that where uh, I feel like through the years, uh, I'm definitely much more uh, uh, compassionate towards myself in terms of uh, mistakes I make, regrets, anything like that, just sort of embracing it as 
part of uh, the, uh, the journey that I'm on uh, and trying not to take uh, things uh, too seriously. Uh, kind of in a categorical sense, definitely uh, an introverted person who reads uh, all the time. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of ensuring that it's been the, uh, kind of an intentional energy to, to, to maintain and strengthen my relationships is important. There's something I have to work on. It comes, you know, there's all kinds of things come naturally. We have various kind of talents and inclinations. And, and so, uh, you know, certain, certain things don't come naturally to me that I have to put extra effort into. One of those is just making sure I, you know, reach out to my family members, uh, you know, on a regular basis, something like that. Sure. So if anyone out there wants to learn more about your services, your methods, anything related to your world, where can they go? Yeah, SinclairMethod.org. Uh, yeah, www.SinclairMethod.org is the website. Uh, I think uh, we have some videos on TikTok now at uh, SinclairMethod.org. Uh, you can just search uh, Sinclair Method. Uh, you know, we're we're really the kind of the experts, the uh, largest providers in the country. We're in over 30 states now, uh, so uh, it's really uh, something worth uh, checking out. And I, I think uh, one of the great things about it, beyond just you know the, the uh, kind of some of the, the benefits that I've described, is that I think because it requires so little of people, uh, you know, it's, 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 you don't have to take time off of work. You don't have to. Even say I'm an alcoholic, or you, you don't have to. They're, they're, the, the barriers, uh, economically, uh, practically, even psychologically, in terms of identifying with the, the issue of drinking, are so low. So I really just encourage people to, uh, and, and you don't have to stop drinking. That's the main thing. Uh, so, so I really think uh, you know, if you think you have, might have a problem, someone thinks they might have a problem. Uh, even just to lose weight or get in better health, sometimes so we see people that do that. Do it for that purpose. Uh, so uh, uh, I really hope this will kind of lower the stigma for drinking as well. You really see that it's not about character. It's not about some personal failing. Uh, it really is about we really know that people who develop drinking problems, uh, the way that they respond to alcohol is different. It really is uh, a highly rewarding experience that their brain becomes preoccupied with. And, and, and this medicine essentially makes the experience less rewarding. Uh, so, to, so it kind of normalizes their experience of drinking. Excellent. Brian, thank you for taking time out, man. This has been fascinating. Good luck with everything. Yeah, take care of yourself and let me know if you need any assistance or anything like that. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino. We cover the world of art, literature, medicine, and business, and music from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.